Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Friday. You know what that means. It's your AEW review with me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined, as always, by Jay. How's it going, mate? It's definitely Friday. It's absolutely yeah. Friday. It's absolutely 100% Friday. It is no other day. It has never been another day. It's always been Friday. Not Thursday after I was recording the Big Al Blonde podcast. <laughs> but all that matters is you're listening to this. It's Friday. Everyone's happy. Boris is gone. Forget about it. It's fine. Life is good. Oh, right. And we've got a hell of a lot of AEW to get through. So I think without further ado, we'll slam straight into it. Um, we're starting with Rampage and with a something a bit different, something a bit new. The 20-man Royal Rampage Battle Royal. So the winner gets a title shot against the interim champion, John Moxley. And this is really cool because like they've, they've still got the two rings because like, they've just done blood and guts. And one's like the different colors. So one's a red ring, one's a blue ring. Confusingly, they're not actually coloured differently in real life. They just referred to as red and blue, which took a bit of... Well, they're actually... They changed the uh, middle turnbuckle. Oh, did they? I didn't even I didn't even notice. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yes, wrestlers knew which ring they were going to. I was going to say, because otherwise you could like, maybe get in the wrong ring or something, and that'd be, that'd be a bit weird. Also, someone said on, on the internet, what happens if you get thrown over the top rope but into the other ring? Are you eliminated? What if, I don't know, but what if you go into business for yourself and you just go into the other ring? Just <laughs> go into the ring and start wrecking fools. Because, like, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> So this is a 20-man rumble. Oh, sorry, Battle Royal. <laughs> Can't call it a rumble. Um, Royal um, Rampage. Royal Rampage. And so we had 10 men in each ring. And then once they got down to one man per ring, you would they, they would fight each other in Battle Royal rules and the winner gets a title shot. Um, so again, a couple of little interesting... I mean, there's loads... All your normal guys are in here, like um, Dustin Rhodes, Dante Martin, Matt Hardy, uh, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta, Takeshita popped in, which was cool. That was nice to see. Hangman. Hangman, that was the big one, wasn't it? Because that was like immediate. Hangman and Darby were the two big names, but then they were kind of alluding to the fact that we might get like Swerve and Keegley in the final two. We might get. Um... Well, well, speaking of that, so the way they, the way the, the two ring system, what it allowed them to do, which is really cool, is they were they split up Lee and Swerve. Uh, mm-hmm. So they could have they could have faced each other, but they were also isolated from each other. Whereas notably in Keith Lee's ring, you had Team Taz, so Hobbs and Starks, and yeah. in Swerve's ring, you had the Butcher and the Blade. So you had a team working against the faces, like a full heel team, which was quite nice. It made for some uh, some good like sort of against the odds sort of moments. Yeah. Uh, Another interesting curio is we had Roosh making his in-ring AEW debut just in a battle royal, which was kind of a bit strange, but, but it was fun. He, he, he sort of hooked up with Penta a bit, and yeah, he got eliminated by Penta, 
and then he pulled Penta's mask off in like a sort of weird, slightly off camera sort of segment. Yeah, and they didn't like they picked it up on camera, but they didn't acknowledge it at all on camera. Yeah, they, they didn't really talk about it like as it was happening, which was which was kind of weird. Yeah, it was a bit odd. So we ended up with our final two being um, Brody King and Darby Allen, and then yeah. from the final, as we entered to the final two, Brody basically just bodies Darby everywhere. He throws him all over the place. He gives him the sent on cannonball sent on in the corner, and then in what's possibly one of the coolest visuals of the year, he gets out onto the apron. He puts Darby in a sleeper on the apron and then just sort of holds him like over the edge of the ring. After he like passes out, he just sort of drops his like limp body to the floor, which just looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it really did. Um, one thing that was interesting as well was that Brody King eliminated Hangman by blocking a bookshot lariat with just a forearm. Yeah, yeah, he just he comes in um, the bookshot and Brody just nails him. Like, okay, that you get a feeling that Brody. Is getting not, not not a monster push, but he's getting a pretty big shove towards the, the sort of upper mid card. Feel like if it's not Brody, it's going to be the whole of the like the entirety of the House of Black again, some kind of like renewed push. Well, one thing that's interesting is so Brody wins, he gets the title shot, and then on the on the graphic for the match, they put Mox and Brody, but they also put House of Black and uh, Black Combat Club. Graphics on the poster, which that seems like a, a, a real thing that's, that's ha- maybe happening going forward here. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, no one's expecting Brody to beat Mox like 10 days after he won the belt. But if this is like a preliminary step towards getting Moxie beat Malachi, well, we'll get we'll get to Malachi because it seems like he's a, a bit of a marked man at the moment. Well, he's, in the, he's in demand, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's in danger, is what he is. But- Couple of people have got their eye on Mister on Mister Black. I be in the octave word. Well, yeah. Uh, right next up, then Alex Marvez backstage talking to Hook. He's trying to get Hook to just basically say anything. Um, and he's like, "Oh, he's, he's trying to put words in his mouth." And he's like, "Saying to Hook, oh, I guess you're a go with the flow sort of guy.'" And Hook basically put grab, jumps up, shoves him onto the sofa, and says something. I, I couldn't quite make out what he said because it was very soft spoken. He said something like. The problem with you, people like you, is you just put words in my mouth or somewhere. There you go. Well, he was putting words in his mouth, wasn't he? So, yeah. Um, so Hook walks off. As um, as we talked about previously, it does feel like there's a definite sort of conscious desire to separate Hook from Danhausen now at this point. Yeah, it feels like they're going to start. Like, it, it, it's weird. Like I, I thought, I remember when we got Hookhausen. We were both kind of divided, weren't we? I thought they were going to do Hook versus Danhausen. You thought they were going to do Hookhausen as a team. Yeah. Uh, very abrupt, like, kind of ending to it as well. Yeah, and again, as, as we sort of discussed last week, I think maybe they're sort of feeling the pinch a bit. Like, they need a few more singles guys with, like, Kyle O'Reilly going down, Bobby Fish going down. Yeah. Maybe they think, oh, Hook's a guy we can sort of get propel into that mid-card, like, straight away, and he'll be, like, a, a sort of top-ish guy. That we can use in that sort of capacity. Obviously, we can get rid of Danhausen. Danhausen is one of those guys you can put him anywhere. Um, obviously, he, he pops up later yeah. with, with best friends in Orange Cassidy. I have a theory as well for Danhausen, which I'll, t- I'll go into a little bit later when we get there. Something I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, anyway, we'll move on because we've got the the sort of the dying embers of the door. 
as as they sort of flame out, we have Bishamon who are still around. They've and maybe they, maybe they just missed the flights or something. I don't know. They're just, they're just sort of chilling over in the states. Uh, so that's Yoshihashi and Haruki Goto are taking on the Young Bucks in a tag team eliminator match, which means if Bishamon win, they get a box as well. What Bishamon's music? Yeah. Yeah, and another thing I really liked is they come down like the they come down at the bow staffs, don't they? And because in New Japan they're yeah. still not allowed to interact with the crowd, so Yoshihashi is like slapping hands but using the staff to, to like slap hands instead of using his hands. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This was this was fun. Yeah, it, it was it was the box ass box match, wasn't it? You know, Bishimon did their bit. It was books doing a New Japan style box match, which was good. Yeah, um, yeah. Did everything it said on the tin. Um, it's a shame, like Hiroki Goto is a guy who I think doesn't really get his flowers in New Japan. And when when he was announced as being part of Forbidden Door, I was kind of hoping that he'd be in a bit more of a prominent role. But it's good to see him like actually be able to do a bit more in this than. Yeah, he got a little bit of spotlight here. Uh, it was interesting because he, he he fought Tanahashi to be in the main event, and obviously Tanahashi sort of dispatched him in pretty short order. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like he would have, he would have for me been a pick to put in that all all Atlantic match instead of Clark Connors. Possibly, yeah, yeah. That would have like, been a show. He's got a he's got a style as well that would have kind of like gelled nicely with like Pack and Malachi. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, finish was really cool as well. So <laughs> obviously the box taking advantage of the double ring. Nick hits the double springboard Meltzer driver. Yeah. So he goes into the other ring and springboards off both sets of ropes. As the two, like where the two rings are touching, and then interesting, the books are starting to use the melter driver a bit more now as a finisher as opposed to the BT trigger. Mm. It's almost like the distance in themselves from Kenny. And it's it's if the melter driver feels a bit more of like a, a face finisher than a heel finisher, it's a bit flashier, it's a bit sort of more showy. Yeah, BT triggers are very kind of like gritty finisher, but then that being said, um, the melter driver is like. Well, initially it was their heel finisher. Yeah, but it's it's so it's so over now. It's it's basically a fan favorite, isn't it? So yeah. Whereas the BT is, they just need someone in the face, and that's like a little bit more like fuck you, Mark. You're not getting what you want. Mm. Well, it's for for much. Yeah. Next up, then uh, Jonathan Gresham announces that he and Lee Moriarty are going to face Tully Blanchard's boys next week's rampage. This, This promo was fucking fire. Yeah. Gresham wasn't fucking playing here. Angry octopus noises. Basically called out all the Blackpool Combat Club in one promo. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it, I'd love to see Jonathan Gresham feud them with them. I'd love to see him part of them as well. The Foundation um, versus the BCC. Oh. Well, mo- most of the Foundation are fucked off from Ring of Honor, so... Yeah. Might be a bit but... What's interesting there is I'm mentioning Danielson and Claudio because I think Danielson's the match everyone wants to see. Um, apparently, Claudio was meant to debut at Death Before the Summer and was told that he was going to be coming out and like staring down Gresham. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's mad. So he'd already, get, he'd, he'd already signed for AW, hadn't he, effectively, before Danielson got injured? Yeah, he'd been signed for weeks. Yeah. Which is crazy, but... but he was too expensive. He priced himself out of the contract. But yeah. like the internet doesn't know what to talk about. Does uh, it? Well, funnily enough, because um, I forgot to put it on the news last week, and I'll probably forget to put it on this week as well. So I just mentioned it earlier. Did you see that people in WWE were shocked that he um, 
they actually went to AW because they had they tabled an offer to him of like stupid, stupid money. Yeah, and it's like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it turns out he just wants to go where he's going to enjoy wrestling. Yeah, and he was he said, oh, I kind of want to go and wrestle. <laughs> yeah, Claudio Defo winning the world title. I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a, you'll, you'll win something, definitely. I I back you on that. We'll get I've, we'll get to we'll get to because because there's, <laughs> sort of, there's a talking point about Claudio later on. There is uh, right next up. Then we got the main event. Only three matches. Obviously, one of them being the big one. Uh, the big that was 25 minutes or so. The uh, the opening match. So Tony Storm versus Nyla Rose. Really, again, super super fun match. Tony and Nyla have got mad chemistry. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to see they're using Nyla a bit more because she's someone who I think's really good. Like I, I mean, she, I, I will say one reason they really do need to use Nyla more is so out of all the people who I've seen take Tony Storm's like running hip thing in the corner, Nyla takes it the best. Like she really knows how to like make that look good. Yeah. Yeah. She feels took it all right on him. Dynamite this week. I think, she took, I think she took it like more like shoot style though. I think she like just legitimately took it. Yeah. <laughs> like whereas Nyla. Shafia's got that kind of like MMA fighter like way of bumping where they try and make it look as real as possible yeah. by like making it as real as possible. Like Ronda does it, Brock Brock's fucking terrible for it. Bobby yeah. Lashley does it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all the MMA people, isn't it? Like obviously they're just used to getting hit properly. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, so a really, really fun match. Interesting that um, I don't think I really liked that Tony didn't try and go for Storm Zero because she knew she probably couldn't hit it on Nyla. Mm. So she yeah. actually won with a DDT instead of so it's sort of a variation, like still a head drop on the head, but like not a pile driver. She yeah, she hit a, um, she hit like a tornado DDT and then another DDT, didn't she as well? Yeah. Like, as Nile was getting back to her feet, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought these two had really good chemistry. It was really yeah. fun. Tony Storm's just slotted um, in. Out of all, I, I think we said this a few weeks ago. But out of all the new additions, maybe with uh, well, well, the judgments, we'll reserve judgment on Athena because she hasn't had more than a few matches yet. But out of all the like the new additions over the last sort of twelve months to the women's division, I think Tony's been the one who's like slid in the most seamlessly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think. I definitely think there's an argument, and Tony Schiavone said that on commentary that he thinks Tony Storm's going to be women's champion sooner rather than later. And I definitely think there's an argument for that. Um, in a couple of months' time, Tony being the person to dethrone Rosa. Do you reckon you turn a heel to do that? Or, um, or you just have a good old face v face? You could try, but I think I think Tony's like really fucking over. Oh, it's interesting because the way they presented her at Forbidden Door, like they clearly made they, they the way they booked that match at Forbidden Door, they clearly made it look like Thunder Rosa was the better wrestler, like quite heavily. Mm-hmm. They they presented yeah. they, they presented Tony as someone who was not on Thunder Rosa's level, but just had like brief little flashes and moments of, of chance, whereas Thunder Rosa controlled most of the match. So they're gonna have to do a bit of work there to get Tony in a from a booking point of view up onto Thunder Rosa's level. Maybe this tag team. Which we're about to talk about now. Maybe, maybe them have them wrestling together is a way to do that. Yeah, two ways to do. Because well, we'll talk about we'll talk about the tag match. I, I, still, I still think women's tag titles are like inbound, like ASAP. Yeah, especially I, what I, they're I, doing I, with, especially now they're they're naming. So um, again, we'll, we'll just we'll just plow through and we'll get to this and we'll talk about it. So after the match, Marina Shafir comes in to beat down 
uh, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa comes out to make the save, and they sort of square yeah. off two on two style. Uh, they're calling this Thunderstorm, the team, obviously, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. So the way they're doing that, and they're sort of giving these teams names now, it, it's sort of like legitimizing a sort of tag team division a bit more now, isn't it? Well, do you think they've got Mercedes and Serena, which I think is building up to a match of death before this honor? Yeah. Which is what kind of like I'll do in one another. They've got neither of Marina Shafir, which just kind of come from nowhere. Uh, you got the, you've got the baddies. You've got the baddies, yeah. Um, you've still got the Bunny and Penelope when they come back. Yeah. yeah. Is Penelope injured or something? I know the Bunny has been injured, but she came back this week, so I don't know where Penelope is. Maybe she just makes, spent a bit of time back, at, back in England or whatever. With, like, Kip yeah, Solomon or whatever. Kip was wrestling, Kip was wrestling in England this uh, last yeah. week. so... But he was back on um, Dynamite this week. Yeah, right. So that's Rampage, actually. That's It was only three matches and a few promos. We were back to that yeah. tight three-match Rampage. Also, um, that fucking promo night, I looked up before the match, I forgot to say, it was fun. Yeah. When she, was like, when she said, they call Marina the problem, but if you think she's a problem, I'm a damn, catast- damn catastrophe. I was like, <laughs> oh, nah, I just... Just the way she said it as well. Nyla's like, delivery she's, she's and like, her, yeah, her, her, like the way she like, her inflection, the way she like sort of, you know, presents the words and the way that she delivers the words is always top tier. Like she's, she's an unsung hero of this, of this women's division now. She, yeah. Really good wrestler. Really good talker. Great so, on Twitter. Well, oh, brilliant on Twitter. <laughs> brilliant on Twitch as well. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Hey, when, she played, when she's playing Among Us. Uh, any highs or lows? Um, I think just the Battle Royals, to be honest. Like, I just really enjoy the the coronation of Brody King as a serious threat. Mm. But I think as well, like, we we kind of did it like a bit of an injustice, like, not talking about it more, but there was like a lot of kind of story developments in there. There was a lot of a lot of elevating guys as well who need elevating. Like, um, one thing that surprised me was Swerve eliminating uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, and and it's we, we talk about this loads. Every time AW do a big multi-man match like a battle royal, they always find a way to like use it as a jumping-off point for like the next set of feuds, the storylines. Mm. Especially now, we're like we're literally just coming off the bidden door and blood and guts. It's almost like a soft another little like soft reset, a little like new storylines now because we've had our little New Japan thing. Now we're getting back to like the AW stuff, and yeah, this is like this feels like almost like the season premiere of like. Here's all your new feuds. Here's who Swerve's going to be feuding with. Here's who Tony Nice is going to be feuding with. It's Swerve. Um, like you say, you've got maybe um, Orange Cassidy's getting into a program with 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 people as well and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, really, really fun match. A nice, a nice kind of take on a battle royal, especially given the fact that they've not long done the casino battle royal. Yeah, it, it was a nice way to, and I'd be happy for them to do this again next year after they do Blood and Goods. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, even if they just do it as like, like a, just an, an exhibition. Yeah. Like to the Frankens or like get a title shot. You, you, you could do it for the TNT title or you could do it for the Atlantic title or you could do it for whatever. Yeah. So it'd be mm-hmm. fine. Right, on to Dynamite. Um, we're up in Rochester, New York. This is obviously quite famously the hometown of the late great Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, and so it's only fitting that we kick things off with a TNT title match. Yeah. Uh, so this is Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow. It's a street fight. And now there were two sort of 
schools of thought come into this match. Like they make it a street fight. So you think either one, it means um, Scorpio is going to use some fuckery here and he's going to win. Mm-hmm. But the way I was thinking more along the lines of if Wardlow is going to win and Scorpio's got that bit of an injury, it's a way of like protecting Scorpio a bit in the match so he doesn't have to like wrestle as much. I, I think that was more the case because there was a lot. It wasn't a long match at all. Um, and there was a lot of interference. And Scorpio didn't really take any massive like bumps, did he? No. Not on his not on his knee anyway. His his, his knees is problem. His knees torn something in his knee, and they've did a really good job protecting that. He didn't do any like any jumping out the ring or any high flying or anything like that. He took a hellacious senton of Wardlow is what he took. Yeah, and he took three power bombs. Three power bombs at the end, but there was a big bit in the middle, wasn't there? Where like Dan Lambert could sort of sent the boys in. He came out. It was I really like this. He came out like it was an MMA fight, and he had like someone else carrying his title behind him. He had all his hangers on. I- I really like that entrance. I thought that entrance was fucking awesome. And if, I mean, it, it would seem to me if they've like kind of like very quickly hot shot at taking the belt off Scorpio, that Scorpio's probably hurt. Like, you're going to need like an extended um, time off. Yeah. I th- at least sending him off like that when he comes back, he's a big deal. And also, it gets, like we said before, it sort of pushes the reset button on the TNT title a little bit. Um, it gets it yeah. away from that sort of you, you don't really want it associated with anybody involved in that sort of Cody Sammy Scorpio mess do you hear me, hear me out here Ethan Page and Wardlow feud for him oh yeah yeah why not that's what that's what I want that's what I want um, I, to be honest I wouldn't even be against Sammy going after Wardlow and just getting murdered and then I, I just want Wardlow to just do Miro things now where he just kills people yeah, I'd like I'd like Wardlow um, to just do a load of hoss fights, defending the belt. Yeah, I mean Wardlow's still super super over. Crowd loves him. There's a a ton of confetti pops when he wins the title. So much so that I thought my stream had frozen because I couldn't see the picture properly. <laughs> um, one thing I will say: Do you think um, do you think Wardlow's holding us for a real long time? Then? I don't know because so it's an interesting one the TNT title it's always been a bit of a hot shot belt because it's defended so frequently like it'll just get defended on random episodes of Rampage or Dynamite I think is it is it eighth still the, the record of number of defences um, I believe so yes it's, it's whatever Cody set him and Miro equaled it didn't they yeah um, um, so that's not that's that's what potentially Two, three months if you if you're defending it regularly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless they have Wardlow break that, which who else better than Wardlow to break that that record? What would be, I think, would be if Wardlow holds the belt for a really long period of time, and then says, "No one's going to take this off me. I'm, I'll relinquish this." So. I, to trade them in for a world title job. Oh, the option C is it like an impact? Yeah, kind of, but not like option C because option C just completely devalued the X division title. Yeah, like if that, I'm I'm not usually a fan of doing it that like that way. But if they did it where, if they did it where literally Wardlow's like, look, I've beaten every comer. No one's taking this belt off me. 
but because he's technically not number one ranked if he's the champion. Yeah. So, so if, he say, if he says like he wants to challenge for the t- for the AW World Title, but then they say, but in order to do that, he has to relinquish the TNT title because he can't be in both divisions at the same time. He can't be in like yeah both champions. So he basically yeah, had a pay per view, maybe because like he said, he wants Punk when Punk's back, doesn't he? Yeah. That that's how I that's how I picture. But yeah, yeah and it does, doesn't devalue the title that way if he's literally like I'm I'm, I'm in this division. I, I can take the world champion off championship because I I'm too like good. Well not too good, but you know, no one can beat me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh right, moving on then. We had John Moxley with another excellent promo. He's in a boiler room. Don't know how he keeps finding boiler rooms. I like it. It's awesome. Um basically just says that um he's he's a violent man, Brody King's a violent man. They're gonna do some violence. He said blood and guts. It's like playing golf on a Sunday for him. I like yeah. that. That was nice. Um, and yeah, basically says he wants to find out what... He, he, I like this. And Mox is kind of like... He's almost a little bit excited about this, isn't he? He's like, oh yeah, you're a big violent dude. Let's let's see what you're all about. He he said, he said literally says, I know Brody King. I've done my homework. I know what he's about. I know how violent he is. I know um, what he's going to tr- what he's gonna do to me and what he's going to try and get from this match. Yeah, I like that Mox. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of kind of into this a little bit. He's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I kind of kind of want this, um, which is nice. Yeah. Moxie continues to be an absolute fire promo. It's, it's it's great. So very good at the promos. Uh, next up, then Mark Sterling and Tony Nice are trying to get people to sign a petition. Right, so Sarah asked me this, and I couldn't quite give her an answer. Why? Why is Mark Sterling against Swerve? Pretty sure it was either during the Battle Royal or it might have been a dark. Was it, was it a dark thing? I think it might have been a dark thing, actually, yeah. Where uh, did like that stomp he does on Mark Stale. Right, okay. And like kicks them in the face. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it was a, I think it was a dark thing. I think they showed a clip, didn't they? And I think I, I only caught a very small amount of it. But yes, Mark Stale, a lot of it. So basically, trying to get Keith Lee to sign a petition to have his partner removed from an AW, and but and he's like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, he betrayed you in the Battle Royal, and Keith's like, ah, no, we're fine now, it's, it's okay. First, he, he first he asked them um, Starks and Hobbs, didn't he? Yes. Or was that on was that on Rampage? Maybe I don't know. No, no it wasn't. It wasn't on here. He asked. He asked. He, um, he only asked. He only asked two people on this, and this was one of them. Uh, but yeah, so Keith Lee so was, like, it, was it on was it on Rampage then when he asked Starks and Hobbs? Was it on Dark? It, might, it was on something. I don't remember seeing it, so maybe it was on Dark. I don't think it was on Dark. I thought it was last night. Either, either way, um, the one thing that I did like is that he 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 said when he said it to Ricky Starks, he was like, you know, this Swerve guy. He came from Orlando. He got fired by WWE, and. Uh, well, didn't say WWE. But he got fired. Just came and tried to take your spot. And thinks he's better than you. As Tony Nese just stood right there, who's in the exact same <laughs> boat. <laughs> Lovely. I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah. So obviously Keith Lee's not having any of that, and he walks off. Um, next up, then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come out. Uh, I like this. Christian says initially, after even even though it's just been blood and guts, he's the only Cage people are talking about. Yeah, facts. Enjoyed that. Um, Matt Hardy no comes. Matt Hardy comes out to sort of 
tell them to shut the fuck up. Uh, Christian Cage calls him. You know, Matt Hardy says Christian Cage is the Michael Jordan of being an a-hole. Yeah. He keeps finding new ways to do it. Um, and then the, the zinger of the night is after a, a couple of minutes of promo from Matt, Christian says that basically all Matt's saying is making Jeff seem like the Soborn. Oh, yeah, that was a... Oh, boy. That was spicy, wasn't it? Yeah. Cool, boy. Yeah. And this is, this is a nice bit of sort of character development for Matt as well, because he basically said to Christian, like, yeah, I've been a bad guy. I said I've used people. The Hardy family office, he said I used Butcher and the Blade, private party, and he said, and I feel really bad about that now. Which is kind of cool to see someone like turn face and then like actually address the the period of being a heel. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was um, it was co- it was cool as well in the sense that like when um, when like Christian first like come into AW, one of his first views was Matt, and it was like the like like the uh, they flipped the script so to speak. Yeah, yeah, because Matt was the heel, Christian was the face, and now it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, so basically, all what, what Matt's saying is basically Christian's doing now what Matt was doing with the Hardy family office. He was trying to like latch onto people to stay relevant and sort of use them to sort of get what he wants. And basically, Christian just gets Luke Soros to beat the piss out of him. Yeah. As, as he should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he batters them all up. Right. Next up, it's hot Claudio action. Yeah, here we go. Here so we go. Hit me with the theory. Okay, so Hager, first thing he said was, you've never won a world championship in Ring of Honor or WWE. Yeah. So why do you think you can do it here? Which is like basically them going, Claudio was going to win the world championship at some point. Yeah. And then, but then that's, he said... You know what's going to happen? BDK. BDK, oh God, please... Please, we still have a bit of It's it's time it's time we finally find out just how much of a mark Tony Khan is for Shikara. They're, they're just gonna dress Brody King up as Tessas. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Get Alex Abrahantas to be Aries. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, actually, Alex Abrahantas. Aries isn't, isn't doing fuck all now. Get uh, Aries back. Didn't, didn't he retire? Or is he still? Probably. Yeah, Alex, uh, Alex Abraham is more of a Jacob Hammer kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah. Well, be all right. de- definitely, definitely, definitely um, think BDK's up inbound. Just put the um, put the pink mask on Cassidy and let him be Pinky Sanchez. Uh, well, there's some, you know, I don't need actual, but you've got Orange is better, mate. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, orange is a fucking fire ant again. <laughs> Sad ant noises. Um, there, there's some deep cuts for you. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. Anyone else? Like 2010 um, Chikara. I mean, with with like basically we're getting a Chikara feud back in AW with Eddie and Claudio, aren't we? At some point. So this is like this is oh, this is Chikara ass Chikara bullshit, and I'm 100 percent here for it because this is what I fucking grew up on. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, th- there's an interesting bit where they say Claudio says that they're two and zero currently, and next week they're going to be three and zero. So basically, Claudio's going to beat him again. This is what I'm going to call the Dutch Mantel invitation. I would not be against Dutch Mantel show, no. <laughs> Let's just sort out his boys. Just to, just, just to like, call, like, just to accompany one of them out to the ring. I've, I've, I've dirty Dutch fucking accompany him, 
Hager out. We the people intensifies. Zeb calls sad Zeb calls the noises. Next up then, um Swerving Our Glory versus Butcher and the Blade. And a little a little miniature hoss off here with Big Butch and Keith Lee rocking around. Yeah. Really good match. Uh, early in this match, Butch gets fucking Keith Lee just beals Butch off the second rope, which is incredible. All of all of the hoss fighting between Butcher and Keith Lee was fantastic. Yeah, to be fair. Like, but also big shout out to Butcher's new gear that he debuted on Rampage. I forgot yes. to mention that. But the, yeah, the tassel. Oh, that's really nice. Um, later I, in the match as I well. Can't wait. Faye saying that she wants the home books. I can't wait for the young Butchers. <laughs> that's what I want. Big Butch want with the, the books. I want Big Butch and the young books. That's what I want. Butcher in the books. Butcher in the books. Uh, later in the match, Keith Lee just throws the blade like to fucking Narnia. Oh, and when when they hit the um the spirit bomb double stamp on the blade, fuck me. The swerve in our glory is now called. Is it? Yeah, that's what they called it last night. That's sad. But yeah, the um the spirit stomp, that was yeah. uh that was nice. Yeah, so butcher. Um, Swerve and Lee seem to be on the same page here now. Anyway, at least for now, they're um, they're doing all right. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, we have Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks out. So this is this is interesting. So what you just said about oh, Fox. Jesus, Jesus, what Powerhouse Hobbs was spitting fucking bars here. Yeah, he was. He was not. He was not a happy man, was he? He was absolutely like furious. I love how Starks said he could have ended them online and in the ring. Oh, R- Ricky! Ricky Starks was spitting bars, but fucking hell, Hobbs came out just spitting pure va- like fire. Hobbs was hot when he came out, wasn't he? Hobbs came out like a fucking fire-breathing dragon, <laughs> just like screaming down the microphone, and then Ricky Stark destroyed them, destroyed everybody. Then he starts Stark starts talking about how they're the best tag team in AEW, and that obviously entices the young bucks out to the ring. Oh. I mean, the young books are in danger. Well, there's a lot going on here. So, first of all, the books, it's almost like they get a little bit goaded, don't they? Like by this talk of like best tag teams, etc. Uh, I like I like Nick Jackson's comment where he's like, he's like, be really condescending. He's like, oh, yeah, you had a really fun match against Jurassic Express with four and a half stars. You know, that's like, was on a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> he's I, like, but, I, it's, I, but it's good for you. It's fine. You know, you did really well. And then he's like, uh, but then you lost to Jurassic Express, and then we just beat them, so we're the tag team champions now. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, yeah. it's like it's like the the condescension is like through the roof. It's it's incredible. I, I think Keith Lee is going to pounce Nick Jackson into the front row. <laughs> well, like Adam Cole uh, style. Well, yeah, I think I think Nick Jackson's get taken an Adam Cole style pounce off Keith Lee at some point in that match. Fair. Um, so basically, this sets up next week that uh, Fighter Fest Night One. They're doing another triple threat match, so it's going to be a title match: um, Bucks v Team Taz versus Swerve and Keith Lee. <clears throat> Interestingly, when the Bucks are talking about being the best tag team in the world or NAW, there is a deafening FTR chance from the crowd. Oh, we're, we're unifying the belts, aren't we? But what I think is beginning to happen now, and I think the books did really should set it up here, is we're going to get 
the Bucks ducking FTR now for the next couple of months. Oh yeah, well, it'll, it'll be all about. They're booking themselves into these. Like, why would you book yourself into a triple threat match for your own titles against two other teams because they don't want to fight FTR? Well, what's interesting to me is that 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 match is literally the last successful defense of the Jurassic Express. Yeah. So what if they're going to go like literally through all the teams Jurassic Express beat? Um, or like the other way around. Yeah, so the other way around. Yeah, because the only the only other team that the Bucks that uh, sorry Jurassic Express didn't beat was FDR. Yeah. But it's interesting. I think we're going to be definitely in a scenario now where the Bucks are going to like sort of shithousedly dodge FDR over the next couple of weeks and months. And that's going to lead eventually then to all of the belts around the top guys. Yeah. Yeah, when step, when seven-star FDR fucking mind-breaker, Nick Jackson. When FDR that's come knocking, big... you ain't keeping them belts, boys. No. The Briscoe's in danger as well. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that now because well, we're talking about FBRTR, but yes, it has been announced. We, we pop like motherfuckers. Uh, the rematch is on for Death of Order's Honor. Briscoe's FDR2. Have, have you seen the promo of the Briscoe's? Uh, Sarah was just watching it like literally 30 seconds ago. Uh, I, I heard a bit of it. It, it sounded fucking fire. So yeah, bring, bring um, me that. The best the best part of it is Mark Briscoe's making himself a chocolate milkshake as Jay Briscoe's just spit bars. <laughs> Phenomenal. Love it. Speaking of things I love, next up, Malachi Black cutting a promo on Moxley, basically saying he's going to experience more pain tonight than he ever will. Uh, beyond the physical realm as well, it'll be mental. And he's jealous of Moxley for being able to experience it. And as, as he's like talking, like in the darkness, Brody King just sort of like materializes out of the smoke and looks like an yeah. absolute fucking killer. <laughs> yeah, Bro- Brody King, I think that got big things in mind for him. It's just like the, way, the way he just sort of like materializes as well and he looks like the end boss of a video game. Just like walks out like, yeah, you know, whatever. Doesn't say anything, just stands there looking like hard as fuck. I, I know that um, Punk has said multiple times like Brody King's one of the guys he saw like that wasn't signed to AW that he wanted to wrestle. Yeah. Not since that has materialized into Brody King's an AW. All right, next up, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out. Uh, congratulations, Wardlow. Congratulates all the members of um, Blackpool Combat Club for winning Blood and Guts. Yeah, basically said, say thank you, Claudio. Even, even Claudio, yeah. Uh, basically said that Jericho made him a liar, though, because he didn't get to bleed and he did get to taste his blood. And then Jericho is on the big screen, sort of taught Eddie, and then uh, Ty Conte slams Ruby Soho's hand in a card. So that's obviously, someone asked last week, I think it was Sarah, what's next for Ty Conte? Well, it's probably going to be Ruby Soho. Yeah. Good. It, gives, it gives them both something to do. Um, I know a couple of people have been very vocal about um, like them not really having much to do for people like Ty and Ruby. Yeah. But it, keeps the, yeah it gives us something to do and it keeps the feud going but without having the same matches over and over again which is kind of cool. Quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have the Dark Order come out. Well the remaining members of the Dark Order so that is Alex Reynolds, Anna Jay, Evil Uno, John Silver, Ten, and Brody uh, Junior. Negative one. Even more svelte, Evil Uno. Yeah, he's looking real good, isn't he? Looks like, looks like he's dropped a little bit more weight. Yeah, he looks he looks great. Um, so basically, Uno said they've got big news. 
and the news it's it's kind of it's kind of nice but also kind of concerning that the big news is that none of them are, no more of them are leaving which is the sort of big news that they're yeah. not going anywhere it's like oh okay i like that but also it's kind of worrying me how to say that um well, I think everyone's just been like, oh, yeah, the Dark Lord. Well, interestingly, Uno says the six of us. So he means Silver and Reynolds, Anna, Uno, Ten, uh, and, ten and One. Which, in a way, is okay, because I think the Dark Order at six is a little bit more... Wheel. It's a little bit more sort of nimble. It's a little bit more easy to use. When it was like eight, I, when it was like eight guys, it was a little bit too big, almost. I guess that means the Colts go to a... Ring of Honor. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's been, that's been real for a while, hasn't it? So, as they're, as they're having all this nice yeah. time, Cutie Marshall comes out, uh, basically picks a fight with Negative One, who's 10 years old, because he's a shithouse. Yes. Basically challenges yep. into a basically challenges into a fight in the ring, one-on-one. And as he's like, running his mouth, Hangman's music hits, him and Evil Uno batter Cutie on the outside, throw him in, and he eats all the finishes. Including what looks to be Ten's new finisher is the discus Larry's. He's used it a few times now, hasn't he? Well, yeah, Ten did the whole bro deal, like uh, kiss the air thing, and then yeah, uh, just murdered Cutie with a discus Larry. Because they've been feuding with the factory on Dark a lot, and Ten's been using that in a couple of their matches. I've noticed. As he should, to be fair. I mean, yeah. I think it, it, it looks great because his arms are fucking enormous. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a good finish. It's. It's cool having anyone in the Dark Order doing Brody stuff because it's a nice tribute. Yeah. It would finish it for 10 because his arms are like fucking tree trunks. Yeah. Uh, and then Negative One said he's going to wait until he's 18 to fight QT, uh, which, yeah, fair play. How, how old's QT going to be then? Like nearly pushing 50? Negative One's what, like 11, 12? He's now. 10. Is he 10? Yeah. It does use like 11 or 12. They said he was 10 on, um, on the show. Fucking hell. QT. So, he's still QT. He's only fucking hell. QT. He's only 36. Yeah, he's really good mates with Cody Rhodes, isn't he? He's also 36. Yeah, but I thought he was like 40, man. He looks fucking, looks like he works in a bank. Oh, mate, he's just had a shit paper around. Leave him alone. <laughs> it's hard work down the years, Carlos. Trying to move yeah. those, move those, uh, move those 2008 Civics. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a nice little a nice little feel good bit, wasn't it, on the show? Um, obviously. Oh yeah. And then when um, they, they sort of zoom in on Hangman, I don't know how much of it was staged, but Hangman had a little tear in his eye when it was all well, this is all going down, which was nice yeah. to see. Yeah, it was a it was a nice moment. It was the right thing to do because I think is it the first time you've been in Rochester? I think so. Yeah, because obviously this was meant to be where Brody debuted, wasn't it? And then obviously COVID happened, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely first time in a while. It's always nice to do a bit of Dark Order stuff when they're in Dark Order country, as John Silver called it. Uh, right, moving on. Rush, Rush, sorry, Rush versus Penta. Um, yeah, this was a match, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of kind of fuckery going on around as well. Yeah, but it was um, fast paced. There was lots of ni- nice bits going on. Um, yeah, big loads of big moves. Yeah, Roosh is kind of the transfixed on getting Penta's mask off him. Um, yeah. yeah, he's like ripping at it when he's going in headlocks and stuff, like really trying to... I think Penta spends a lot of time like sort of trying to take care of it as well. Yeah. Um, you have Alex and Jose, the assistant, brawls the back. Um, which is Alex, go, Alex, Alex goes in on Jose. Oh, Alex, like that spear, Alex, it was awesome. Yeah. 
But did you know Alex Abrahantes was trained at the Hart Family Dungeon? Really? Like the actual Hart Family Dungeon, not on this fucking like black Hart Family Dungeon. He act like he was in the same class as it. Tyson Kidd, let's tell you. Damn, like with, did he train under Stu then or was it after Stu passed? Not too sure. I just remember um, him tweeting something about being part of the Hart Family Dungeon. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. He, he uh, also went back for a bit. Yeah. Um, so towards the end, Andrade interferes, puts Rush's feet on, feet on the bottom ropes after Penta hits the uh, fear factor. Then Rush rips off Penta's mask without the rest not looking. Low blows him, rips off his mask and pins him. So Rush picks up the win. It's his it singles debut, obviously. Uh, Rush's entrance was awesome, by the way, as well. That like ball mask oh, he had oh, was yeah. phenomenal. His entrance music was so good. Apparently that's that's entrance. his ring of honor. That's his ring of honor music. Like, apparently Rucker said he's working on a theme for him. Oh, don't do that. That's Ring of Honor music kicks ass. Yeah, but Ruckus is going to fucking knock it out of the park, so you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'd, I'd only seen bits of Roosh when he was in ROH, and I remember him being fucking awesome. He looked great. He's, I think he missed, like, God, it was close to a year with an injury. Yeah, he really did himself in, didn't he? Like, quite badly. Because was, there was rumours about him coming to AW originally, was, and then he got hurt. And then it yeah, it's... sort of went away. His ROH contract was up probably this time last year. Yeah. So yeah, they've probably they've probably like had plans to sign him for, for that long. Yeah, that was actually before match. I look forward to it. I mean, it, it, apparently according to reports, uh, they were meant to be doing uh, well. They've been trying to for a few weeks now to do Lucha Bros versus Rush and Andrade, but some, they've not been able to get all four guys like medic like ready to wrestle at the same time. Or someone's always been a bit hurt, or someone's been able to make it. Or so obviously that's the, the sort of thing we're working towards, and I can't wait for that match to to come about. Well, yeah, we've done we've done Andrade versus Phoenix. We've done Penza versus um, Rouge. So just put it all together. Just, man. Fucking, just throw it onto the fucking. Uh, death before the Zona card. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah. How is it a more contenders title match if you really want to? Yeah, do. That'd be yeah. nice. Um, right. Next up, Jay Lethal confirms that Samoa Joe and him are going to take fight for the TV title at Death Before Dishonor, which is nice. Uh, next up, Mark Sterling and Tony Nisa back. The, this time they're trying to get Orange Cassidy. They need one more signature, apparently. One more signature to get Swerve kicked off the roster. Just one. And they're trying to get Orange Cassidy to sign. Orange Cassidy's like, ah, I'm not signing it until, until my lawyer's seen it. And then Dan Housen runs in. Very nice, very legal. <laughs> You've been waiting to say that all fucking day, haven't you? <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, I love this. So like Mark, Mark Sterling's like, hang on. There's money in this. How about we fight for it on Rampage? And then Dan Housen butts in and is like, oh, how about you two fight on Rampage and we can make some money? And Mark Sterling, that, that's what I just said, which was, oh, this is so good. Uh, Mark Sterling and Dan Housen are such a uh, great combination. Have you seen them on the on uh, Dan Housen's vlogs? <laughs> yeah. Where, where Dan Housen's like, there's a guy pretending to be you. Podcast Dan Mike. Housen, oh, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Um, uh, I love that Dan Housen had a tie on as well. Yeah. You had like a ridiculous tie and you had like a, a scrunched up piece of legal documentation that you'd like sort of smoothed yeah. out. Oh, it was great. So yeah, they're going to have a match on Rampage. Um, next up then, oof, I, don't know I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to Wait, talk what about was this. Your what was your theory? Oh, yeah. so, well, no, not yet. Not yet. Hang on. It's it's coming. It's coming, I promise you. Um, I don't think my heart's ready for this bit. 
about about the uh, Gun Club and the acclaimed. So we have a match. So this was announced. So Tony tweeted during the show because the TNT title match didn't go to time. Um, they've got a standby match, which was the acclaimed of the Gun Club versus the still wonderfully named team of Ruffinith, which is uh, Leon Ruff, uh, Leon Ruffin, sorry, and Bear um, Country. And Fuego does all other than as well. Before the match, the biggest fucking heat of the night. Austin Gunn takes Max Caster's mic off him so he can't rap. Yeah. And the booze. Oh my god, the booze. Is Max Caster's from around there, isn't he? He's from Long Island, like every fucking person in AEW apparently seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's close, close enough that he can be a hometown guy, I guess. Yeah, he's a New York guy. Um, home state guy, home state. So, fun match. A lot of it's like the the, um, the acclaim the gun club. I have a bit of animosity because of the other week when um, it was a forbidden door, wasn't it? Well, forbidden door, and then the week after, uh, blood and guts when they sort of yeah. been, not been on the same page. Um, match ends when um, Bowens hits the setup for the mic drop before Max Caster can jump off the top. Um, Austin Blind tags himself in. As soon as um, Caster hits the elbow, he throws him off the way, pins for the win. Afterwards, they get into a bit of a shoving match. Gun Club stop beating on the acclaimed. Billy Gunn's like despondent on the outside. He runs in, he throws off his boys, sort of starts shouting at them, and then turns around and decks Caster. Like he, he turns on the yeah. acclaimed. The ass claimed are dead. And then in what yeah. is, in what is like. Something that traumatized me on a level that I've not experienced since the Transformers animated movie. In like the, when I saw it when I was like six years old, Andy Bowen's like on his knees, just looks up at Billy, like offers his fingers to be scissored, and then Billy just shoves him and gives him a famous, and I'm like, "Etu, daddy ass." Yeah, and then um, Austin ass does the. Uh... He scissors the he scissors the, the, the limp hand of Max Caster as he's like passed out. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. oh this was this was upset on on a, on a number of levels. Yeah, is it is your theory that Danhausen is going to join the acclaimed? Yes. So my theory now is do a six man of Danhausen and the acclaimed versus the Gun Club. Yeah, but also the other thing is that Danhausen uh, has been a menace to the acclaimed as well as uh, the Ass Boys. Yeah, but imagine the imagine just just ignore all that and imagine if the acclaimed do another music video like the goth the goth is. Imagine if they do another one of that with Danhausen about the Aspers. That could work. That would be incredible, and I want to see it's it. What's interesting was I was I was expecting the Aspers to embrace the Aspers and tag with Danhausen. Oh, against the acclaimed of Billy. Against the acclaimed of Billy Ass. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 still in its it's this feud is still in its infancy. But it's it'd be interesting to see how this how this all progresses. Yeah, that'll be a... this is this is a really good way to turn the acclaimed face though properly because like they've kind of been teasing it, haven't they, for a little while? Yeah. Um, and the the ass boys aren't going to get fucking cheered because they're the ass boys. Yeah, they they they, 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 they need they need to they need to embrace the ass because if they if they if they sort of um if they teamed with Dan House, they could come out to Dan House's ass boys song. Yeah, it could. It could. Uh, right, next up, speaking about Malachi Black being in danger, uh, Miro. I like, I love this. So Miro calls out Malachi Black. I like the fact that they used a lot of like visuals of Malachi during. But also, they didn't show Miro's left eye 
didn't he? No, it was his whole left side of his Somebody? face was like covered in darkness. Was that the one that Malachi bought him? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even get onto that. The, the, his whole half of his face was just, he was in the shadows and you could only see like one side of his face, which was pretty cool. Uh, right. The line I really liked was he said, uh, Malachi collects weak men while Mira breaks them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. We're getting Mira versus Malachi, which, yes, please. We're getting yeah. eventually probably going to get Brody King versus Mira, which I mean, you, are you ready for that? No, <laughs> I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> and I, even if we just got fucking buddy versus like Mira, I'll be happy. Just, oh, just have Mira just run through them all, like redeem the house. What? Oh god, Who, who's Mira going to team with? Though, do you reckon it's a Darby's thing? No one. He'll just fight them all by himself. There, there was, there was. We'll, we'll talk about it after. Him, the his god, and his flexible wife. That's all he needs. Oh yeah, his flexible wife against Julia will probably happen. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like she's got any other work now. The fucking WES has been cancelled. True, oh, true. Yeah, um, like she doesn't bring Nia with her. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't want that. Um, next up, Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir versus Thunderstorm. Nyla and Marina come out with umbrellas, which is a nice little touch. Yeah, I did like that. I did like that a lot. Um. Fun enough match. I mean, it was a nice. It, it wasn't anything particularly special. It was just a nice establishment match to sort of get Rosa and Tony over as a team, which it did really well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was pretty routine victory, wasn't it for them? Yeah, I liked the really. sort of. I liked the sort of double team they did at the end. That was quite nice. Oh, um, it wasn't it. Was it? Uh, like double storm into a fire thunder driver. Like it was fire, fire, no, it was fire. it was kind of more like there was a kind of like the mind breaker, but a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, because thunder thunder roasted that like that power driver she does. Yeah, and Marina just uh, sorry Tony just jumped off and did like the the sort of oh yeah, so it was, it was a spike fire thunder driver. Yeah, which was nice. Right. Um, yeah, fun enough. Um, yeah, see where see where this ends up. And like you say, a lot of women's tag teams knocking around. See where that all goes. That'll uh, be good. Next up, backstage segment. Uh, Stokely has officially introduced Leela Gray as an. He said they've got an interim world champion, so they're having an interim buddy. Yeah, I and like, I like that. Jade. Jade is very un, you know, in no certain terms. Basically, says to him, "Yeah, it's if this doesn't work, your ass on the line." Yeah, he says he said he paid their eleven hundred dollars to be an interim buddy. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, not to bad. To be fair, Stokely was doing the Lord's work, trying to sell it to Jade. Jade yeah. looks like she wants fucking no part of it. Yeah, it's just lovely. Um, and then yeah, they announced some more matches. Um, Wheeler Utah versus Danny Garcia for the pure title. Uh, Death for Dishonor. Yeah. That promo um, Garcia was was fucking bad. Yeah, it was so good, wasn't it? He's was it you who said he might be? Is he leaning a bit towards? Blackpool Combat Club is he leading a bit but like with Sammy coming into Derek Appreciation Society do you reckon there's going to be an issue like a, a sort of issue there where they might want, he might push Garcia out a little bit possibly but then because out of all of them out of all of them like Garcia is the one who's flirted mostly with like rejecting the ideology of the Jericho Appreciation Society isn't he yeah and he does keep referring to himself as a pure wrestler as well yeah which obviously very not Jericho Appreciation Society uh, I I would love that. 
think that'd be great. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't see um, 2.0 turning on this one. No. <clears throat> Which is why it'll hurt even more when it does happen. I also don't see you dropping the uh, dropping the title here. Don't you? No, but I think it'll be a banging match. I I can see Garcia beating either. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not against it. I'd be, I'd, I'd be happy to see it. I thought that. Garcia made more sense winning the pure title than Utah, if I'm being honest. He's but, the PWG champion as well, isn't he? So he's, he's obviously he's having a good year himself. Yeah, he won Bowler, won the PWG title, did the murder on fucking Sikashta. Uh, right then, we've gone to the main event John Moxley versus Brody King. Um, I mean, this had a big fight field, didn't it? Like, Jesus Christ, Brody's entrance by himself, no House of Black, just Brody. Coming out, to, coming out some God's hate. The yeah. Kings of the Black Throne video and everything. Two God's, like... hate. Two God's hate songs in one night. We're fucking blessed. Yeah, he looked like an absolute killer as well. It was incredible. Moxie comes yeah. out. Moxie's doing like running through the crowd. Huge energy. The crowd are popping massive. Moxie is Moxie's the guy in AW now, isn't he? He is like the guy. Especially with Punk yeah. away at the moment, like and Kenny out, Moxie's the star. Yeah, um, yeah, very much so, and it, it's cool as well, though. That like, uh, oh, just to pull the camera, it's very late. <laughs> <laughs> um, hence me being quite tired. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, like whenever Mox shares a ring with someone like. We've mentioned this before on the, the Match of the Year podcast. We were talking or the Match of the Year so far podcast. Um, John Moxley's really good at making people feel like a big deal just by being in the ring. Yeah. And with this, like, he gave so much to Brody. Like, the whole Brody just beating the living shit out of Moxley for most of the match. Um, and not, nothing that Mox did could keep him down until he managed to get the Bulldog choke on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was like you said. It was there were some lovely bits, and it's like there was a bit where they just chopped the shit out of each other. Like Moxie's chest yeah. was was fucked. Like we we saw Birdie, we saw Birdie King hit mammoth chops like on social media earlier yeah. this week in PWG, and yeah, he, he did it here. Um, Brody's looking for Leveled the leveled Moxie with a cannonball at one point. Well, Moxie avoids the first cannonball. Um, and then, but he almost like he almost does like a dodge roll out of the corner, like like from fucking Dark Souls or something. And like he just like he literally just throws himself on the floor, like out the way. Yeah. And like you see, and Brody like misses, he hits it, and he sort of like slides back down. And both guys are just like on the floor, fucked. They're like Moxie's like, what the fuck? Like was that going to be? Like that would have really fucking sucked. You can see like written on his face, like the expression. It's great. Um, there's a bit where Moxie kind of comes in with like the big lariat, and it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then Brody, um, Brody King just turns around and annihilates him with one. He just lights him up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was good as well that um, that like Brody passed out. I think that's a really cool kind of like it's very it's very telling. It's like yeah, the yeah. big thing in mind is Brody King. The visual Brody's facial expressions as well when he sold like going going out was looked really cool. Yeah. You just saw his eyes like sort of slowly start to like droop, and his whole face just his whole head sort of went down. His face sort of fell, and it looked it looked really cool, yeah. looked really authentic. Um, it was it was really 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 good match. Like like you said, super hard hitting. Not often you see Mox get like manhandled, like 
like this, even against like Brody Lee and like Lance Archer, you've not seen them like get thrown around like this. Um, when when um, Brody did hit the cannonball, it looked like he fucking killed him. Yeah, it was it was so cool. Um, that was a super near fall. I mean, obviously, no no one was buying that Brody was winning here, but because Moxie Dony just won the title, but it it felt like a believable match. It felt like a threat. Brody felt massive. He felt like a, a real danger. Mm. And yeah. It was, and it was he's still not—he's still not been pinned in AEW. No, no, no. Yeah, so he passed out, didn't he? So there was no, there was no tap out. out. There was no pin, uh, which is cool. Uh, and yeah, that's that—that's the match. That's dynamite. And that was well. That well, was what happened. Go on. Which was intriguing. Um, so as Brody's Mox leaves, and then as as like Brody's about to leave, Darby and Sting come out. Um. um Oh, no, so Malachi comes out first, doesn't he? And, yeah. like, just checks on And then as Malachi and Brody are, like, walking up the ramp, Darby and Sting come out, and uh, Darby goes, like, says, oh, you earn this, like, you deserve, you belong there, you deserve to be in there. And, like, tries to get Brody to shake his hand, and Brody just, like, looks at him and, like, it's like, what? Yeah, Walks that's interesting. Met, what, what does Darby want with Brody? That's kind of weird, but we'll see. But then also Malachi stares down Sting. Yeah. As he's leaving, like he oh. stops, he can he just glares a hole through Sting, and then he walks off. So I think that we we might be getting Miro, Darby, and Sting versus the House Black. Okay. Miro's going to go after the House of Black, and then Darby and Sting will like help him out. Yeah. Miro's a face now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, because by, by definition of him being so fucking popular, he absolutely is. The fact that he wants to fucking murder God is just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, right, um, then, before we sign off, uh, any highs or, and or lows from this dynamic, Jay? Um, as far as actual matches, I'd say I really enjoyed the Butcher and the Blade there, uh, Swerving on Glory. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun match. Uh, as as you say, Keith Lee and Butcher having a horse fight, and, like Keith Lee just like throwing Butcher around like he's a cat, kind of like a child. Uh, that was fun. Uh, didn't have any lows. It was just it wasn't the best episode of Dynamite. It was. It was, it was we said this a few times. It's not one of those shows where everything's just like pretty good. Like everything's just was, yeah. There's nothing like there's no like massive like wow moments, but there's nothing that you think, oh man, I shouldn't really be there. Yeah, it was it was just solid. Yeah, really solid. Uh, I'm gonna pick again, not my favorite from like in terms of joy, but my the biggest moment. What felt like the biggest moment of the night for me was um, Etu Daddy Ass. Yeah, that's fair. As as I posted on Discord last night, ass is thicker than water. It is thick with PCs. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I will say as well, um, that's kind of like a just an honourable mention. Hi, it's very nice to see Brody King in the main event. Yeah, he, he looked like he absolutely belonged there. And he hung with Mox really well. They put on a great match. From a, from a pure in-ring standpoint, that was my favourite moment of the night, was Brody just bossing it with Mox in the main event. was was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun match. 
that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, we'll be back next week with more. We've got, I mean, we've got some, we've got some bangers coming up. We've got um, Eddie Kings versus the Kestron Rampage. We've got a triple threat tag title match on Dynamite. You know, it's going to be a good old time. We'll be back to talk about all that next week. We've, yeah, we've got um, Gresham and Moriarty versus Kate Delagony as well. Yes, yeah, true. Lots of big lads, which I'm, I'm all about. Yeah, Let's see Khan with his fucking abs that you could create on. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. Stay safe, enjoy your wrestling, take care. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>